This podcast is a member of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts and content creators, visit bio.link slash red5. We already have Nick in the chat. How wonderful. Make sure that everybody gets a good seat up front. Live long and prosper, Nick. Absolutely. Make sure to tip your bar staff generously here. But um, we've got a wonderful conversation coming up soon. Let's see here. 7 o'clock, getting ready for Scarefly's a special Star Trek edition. Star what? Says Sean of Extra Techie. But uh, we'll explain it to him. We'll explain it to him. Lunar Girl's in the house. Thank you very much, Kelly, for joining and blue wrenching. Uh, let's see here. We got a nice, uh, we got a nice group backstage. Let me, um, pop this out here. How's it going, everybody? This is Ro from the Scarif Scuttlebutt podcast. Thank you for joining us on this special Scarif Live. We are going to be talking about what? Star Trek? Absolutely. I got a group of people backstage that are big Star Trek fans. And I know every week we, uh, we sit down on Saturdays and we talk about Star Wars, but we're going to talk about the other white meat, Star Trek, uh, with, uh, with some friends. Um, and if you guys have seen, you know, sometimes I post uh, a couple of things on there and I use the hashtag, this is sci-fi. There is uh, a couple of uh, podcasts and content creators um, and uh, folks on Twitter that follow that hashtag. Check it out. Um, lovely bunch of people. Let's see who's uh, showing up. Dave's dimension. What's up? Make it so. Thank you very much. Geek Strong is in the house. Uh, Science Fiction Remnant. Thank you very much. He's going to be he's backstage. So we're going to bring everybody out in a second. But um, yeah, Star Trek. What is that all about? We're going to talk about Star Trek, the movies. We're going to talk a little bit about those TV series. And uh, we'll see what the difference is between Star Trek and Star Wars. But first, let's do a little dancing backstage. We'll be right back. is now the ultimate power in the universe. Look at this wonderful group of people. How is everybody? And how is everybody in the chat? Thank you for joining us. How are you guys? Doing great. Star Trek? Did you say Star Trek? Star Trek. Star Trek, Charles. You haven't seen Pat, right? Pat's not. You haven't seen him anywhere, right? He's going to kill me. No, no, no. He's going to kill you. Don't tell him. He's not on uh, Twitter. He's... He does, has no idea what we're doing uh, over here. That's true. That's true. It's very true. Absolutely. I'm okay. So, uh, All right. I'm here for it. You let's mean say hello to everybody. <laughs> exactly. Oh, exactly. Let's say hello to everybody. We got Charles. You know him from the Conversations podcast. Charles, how are you doing tonight? Fantastic. Looking forward to speak some uh, talk about some Trek tonight. The other Star franchise. Looking forward to it. Thank you for inviting me and uh, looking forward to talking absolutely i know you're a big star trek fan uh we sometimes we chat um 
we text each other some nice little Star Trek references, and it's always nice to kind of switch gears, you know? Uh-huh. Um, it's, uh, it's refreshing, refreshing. And uh, next to you, we've got Danielle. Danielle, how's it going tonight? It's going great. Thank you. Excellent. I'm so excited that you decided to join us. I know we did a, an episode um, on the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast together, and uh, that was a lot of fun. And uh, obviously, uh, you know, when when we join our friends and, and talk geek stuff, it's always awesome to bring people back. So thanks for coming. Yeah, and we talked about Space 1999, which is very oh similar to Star Trek. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll get into that. We'll see how similar they are. We're also going to talk a little mm-hmm. bit about what we love about Star Trek and maybe some differences between the two star franchises, Wars and Trek. So we'll get that going. Tim from the FSF Podcast, what's going on? Hey, Ro, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Um, uh, yeah, long time listener, first time caller. No, I just, I've always wanted to say that on somebody's show. So, there you go. There you go. <laughs> so I chose yours, and there we go. Uh, no, I'm just really glad to be here and getting a chance to talk Trek. I'm I'm kind of new to the Trek community, so for me, this is uh, this is a lot of me. Gonna, if you see my head down, it's because I'm probably writing down notes, going, "Oh, I didn't realize that was in Star Trek." So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Very nice. Very be a lot nice. Of, be a lot of noob observations tonight. So, have uh, one of your windows open on another monitor and uh, have Google ready because uh, you might need it. Right? <laughs> oh, you you mean like my iPad here? Yeah, I'm already set. There you go. <laughs> you are set. You are set. <laughs> and we have Robert from the sci science fiction remnant. How's it going, amigo? Como estás? Muy bien. Muchas gracias por invitarme. Claro very, sí. very glad to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. I, you know, I don't need an excuse to talk sci-fi. Absolutely. Yeah. That's uh, that's nice. the wonderful thing. You uh, you put out a call to your sci-fi friends, and uh, they show up, which is really awesome. Awesome. And speaking of sci-fi friends, we've got. Uh, oh, we had. Uh, here we go. Let's see. Might be having a little trouble. Captain Chaos is in the background. Oh no! Uh oh! <laughs> there's a there's here. a there's a wild geo entering the mix. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if he uh... geo. Can you hear us? Maybe not. Jump in! Jump in when you can. Oh, that's the classic Let's geo see. right there. Oh, yeah. Okay, he's yep. He can hear us, but he can't say anything. He's crossing Alligator Valley. He's on the road. So, all right. There you go. Excellent. Excellent. Hi. Excellent. Absolutely. So, yeah, we got a wonderful, uh, wonderful group of people here tonight talking Star Trek. Thank you very much for joining us. And in the chat, uh, wonderful group of folks in the chat. Thank you so much. Star Trek. So let me go around the room and uh, see, um, ask you guys, what is it about Star Trek that you love? I'm going to start with Charles because I know intimately some some things about Charles and his love for Star Trek. (laughs) Um, I I know where you were going, Tim. Don't worry about that. But uh, Captain Chaos is uh, living up to his name there. I was just laughing at the the eyeball getting so close to the camera. Just to, how's it going? And the timing with the word intimate was 
was quite uncomfortable for me. So yes, that's, uh, quite, uh, quite like that. Um, yes, yeah, Star Trek uh, for me was really, I mean, I grew up, uh, I'm old, so I grew up with the reruns of the original series and uh, seeing those as uh, reruns on Sunday morning. So I was very familiar with the original franchise, uh, but then Star Wars was born and uh, Star Trek was quickly forgotten because the uh, syndication was done. However, the next generation was the gap between uh, Return of the Jedi and uh, the new, well, at least uh, the special editions. So Star Trek always had a place in my heart and uh, Next Generation filled that sci-fi gap for me because I wasn't a big reader of the Star Wars books or the comic books. Um, even though season one of Star Trek Next Generation was quite a lot to you know, muscle down, um, that is really where my foundation of uh, Star Trek really was solidified. And uh, after season one, I mean, overall, it's, it's a fantastic series and uh, fantastic storytelling. And uh, that's solidified that place in my heart for forever for Star Trek. Yeah, you know, uh, there's so much Star Trek out there. And, um, you know, I, I think one of the things that I really enjoy about Star Trek is, you're right, it's the stories. It's the stories... <laughs> um that are so uh i don't know you know star trek the original series obviously started in the 60s there's a lot happening in 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 the united states during that time but they really did a really great job of kind of infusing some of those uh i don't know life lessons into into the stories um yep. danielle what what about you what is it about star trek that you love and i know you are a well-rounded science fiction uh lover of sci-fi um but uh oh, give us the 411 <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I got into Star Trek um, through the 2009 um, Kelvinverse films, um, which I still, you know, I still love those films a lot. Um, and But my favorite Star Trek is, um, you know, the original series, the animated series, um, Enterprise, Star Trek Enterprise. I love when Enterprise is doing what it's, the main premise is exploring exploring into the unknown. Um, I love when Star Trek is weird, bizarre, you know, um, exploring um, science fiction, like uh, really complex science fiction concepts. Um, I'm trying to think like... Um, Even fantasy. Of, what? There's an episode where they, they discuss fantasy, especially in the animated series. That was really refreshing. Because typically yeah. it starts, you know, it's like sci-fi, mm -hmm. and this episode is fantasy, completely fantasy. Yeah, well, yeah, there's some there's some fantastical elements, um, um, which was really cool. Um, but you know, I I love things like um, Q is one of my favorite characters. Oh, classic. So yeah, so whenever he, you know, any Q Q episodes, uh, Death Wish from Voyager, um, exploring. Um, the concept of death, um, assisted suicide, um, you know, just big conceptual ideas is when I love Star Trek. Um, that's when it's the best for me, which is, you know, which is why um, Deep Space Nine is not my favorite. Like, I, did, I don't, I haven't watched that one. I'm not interested in that because um, I, I want them to be exploring out into space. <laughs> Yeah, Deep Space Nine is is an interesting one, and I, I uh, before we started, I said I I, I started doing a, a rewatch. There are some very interesting concepts in Deep Space Nine, and I think it is a little bit more focused on 
uh, particular, uh, you know, region in space. But there's a lot of mm -hmm. like really interesting stuff in there having to do with with um, actual war and terrorism and yeah. al mm -hmm. almost almost like, you know, World War Two occupation uh you know german uh german versus uh you know Jew the jewish people and and there's a lot of stuff there that they kind of correlate with with some of the stories um war crimes um there are some really tough episodes having to do with uh with the topic of war crimes and i think they do it uh i think they do it pretty well um but there is a lot yeah. of there is a lot of, you know, bang, bang, pew, pew in Deep Space Nine, especially when they get towards the uh, the whole Dominion War and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, but um, I think nevertheless, each Star Trek has, uh, you know, some aspect of, of of something that makes it go, hmm. So, yes, it's definitely yeah. sci-fi that makes you uh, makes you think. Um, well, yeah, and I, I like that, it, you know, there's always, there's so much Star Trek and there's always something new and different that, you know, he, different people could relate to. Um, there's always like different um, facets to it. Sure. Yeah. And uh, Dave's dimension has a, a point that is well taken. Um, and um, uh, we, uh, I think we wholeheartedly agree. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Robert, your relationship with Star Trek. Give us the skinny. Oh, boy. My relationship with Star Trek basically is a relationship that I have with all um, sci-fi IPs. Um, I, uh, my first uh, Trek was TOS, the original series. I watched it in the late uh, 70s. So I was eight, nine years old. Um, and I would watch it to, you know, in black and white. Uh, and, and I think that, you know, if you guys have heard me talk about this before, I, I think that started with when my uncle took me to see Logan's Run. And this is where my fascination with sci-fi started. Um, and, you know, we did a whole episode. You can actually listen to it. But um, that was such a, I was six years old and it was such an, uh, it, it did such an impression on me that uh, I was those kids that were watching, you know, sp Space uh, 1999 and Battlestar Galactica, the, t the, the next generation. Um, and, and it just grew from there um, where I think, you know, sci-fi and, and, and I want to say Star Trek is part of my DNA nowadays. Um, yeah. it, I just watched everything. And I would have to say, though, I am, um, I think I'm with you um, when you mentioned that um, you were on the fence. I'm sorry, Danielle, when you were on the fence mm -hmm. on Deep Space Nine, because yeah. I had the same thought that you said, you know, want it to be all about the exploration. And that's what Star Trek yeah. is. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I started, I decided to watch it because I have a lot, you know, it's one of those kids that would go to conventions. I, I grew up in Miami, so I would go to all the Star Trek conventions, you know, wearing the uniform and all that stuff. Um, Nerd. There you, go. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And um, and, I, and a lot of people were telling me, you should watch this, and, you know, at least give it a chance. And I think after the third episode, I was warned over. Um, mm -hmm. And I was very curious too because I wanted to. I was curious about 
um, the, the, the Dominion word and all this stuff. So I, I very soon grew to love um, these Space Nines as part of that Star Trek collection. Uh, but then again, I have, a, I have a completely different view when it comes to IPs, because in the sense of, and you know, me and Ray, me and uh, Ro have talked about this uh, before, where I see a whole IP um, as a whole. So for me, um, and it's just my specific view, and like I told Captain Chaos when we were discussing this, if you don't agree with me, that's completely fine. It's just my personal view. Um, for me, my personal experience with Star Trek would not be the experience that I have now if it wasn't for the collection of all the IPs that I have seen. Mm-hmm. That's including the Space Nine, TOS. Mm-hmm. And, and again, there's some things that, like for example, the animated series is cringy. Mm-hmm. But it's amazing. It's awesome. And, and, and experiences that you see in there, for me, it makes the whole track complete. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Cool. And um, let's uh, take it over to Tim. Do you know what Star Trek is? Uh, it's, there's, a, there's a ship and there's a captain and there's some phasers or something they pointy things oh, slow down i gotta write this down exactly <laughs> exactly uh yeah so yeah i'm, I'm still kind of new to the trek world um now my introduction also i think was, was the the calvin series the 2009 film or what i like to call jj trek and uh <laughs> i i actually really enjoyed those movies. it wasn't really it's actually not fair to say that was my introduction but that's where i, I guess i started liking some of Star Trek. I always kind of liked The Wrath of Khan. I always thought that was a very good movie. I always liked The Search for Spock. They lost me when they started trying to talk to the whales and time travel. The only thing that was funny to me about that whole movie was the hello computer part. Past that, I, I, was, I was pretty well lost with everything else that was Star Trek. And I have a mostly I hate, but kind of like at sometimes Captain Kirk. Uh, can't stand him for the most part. He drives me insane. So I, I've, you know, and I'm, I'm just waiting for the chance, the, the comments to come in with the, the pitchforks and knives uh, in the comments right. here shortly. But so I, I kind of had to kind of find my way around. I thought, you know, I, I sat down and I watched uh, Strange New Worlds. I don't know why I did, but I sat down and went, you know, this show looks kind of neat. And so I'll give it a try. Absolutely loved it. I thought it was a phenomenal series. And every week, you know, I was I was waiting for it, anticipating the next episode, and I, which has never happened for with me in anything Star Trek, where I was like, "Ooh, something new in Star Trek," and that. So I felt weird about that. But here's what I liked about Trek so far: uh, I liked the fact that I was able to stop watching TOS and go to TNG. That was uh, an improvement of epic proportion. <laughs> I'm, I'm still in the first season of TNG, which everybody tells me, oh, don't worry, it gets better. But I tell you what, to me, it's epically better than TOS was at, at its best point, in my opinion. Uh, I'm, I'm drawn more to the cast of characters, and, and I, think it's, I think it's a very well-written show so far. There are some moments, though, in TNG in the first season where I'm like, wow, that, that was the choice you made. Bold. <laughs> Bold strategy, cop. And uh, so, but I'm, I'm at the point now where I'm, I'm looking at it because there's been some episodes of both TOS 
and I can't wipe I can't swipe away TOS as being inconsequential. It was mammoth for its time, and what it introduced into the sci-fi world. I will always give it props for what it is. It's, it's it, for its time. It was an amazing show. Even now, in some respects, it's still an amazing show in my opinion. There are there are very good things um, about it. You know, there have been episodes that had made me stop and, and think. And like I sat up in my in my chair at night, you know, looking at my wood stove and watching the fire dance and go, huh. So, man, that was, a, you know, a couple and a couple different episodes of TOS. It really made me stop and think. Now, the thing is, I've never done that with Star Wars. I've never gone. Wow, that's impressive. That really made me think, because although they're they're both in the stars, there's a different level of, of, of the stories that they're trying to tell and why they're trying to tell. And Star Trek is always hopeful, in my opinion. There's, it's always hopeful of what humankind can be. And Star Wars is a look at the, the story itself. It's, not, it's, it's more about the, the person or the, the, that's the point of the story. You know, and, and in most cases, that's a Skywalker of some form. Mm-hmm. But in, yeah. in Star Trek... Even though, you know, it's never, in my opinion, and I might be wrong, uh, because, you know, I've watched all of two seasons of, I didn't watch all of uh, TOS. I watched like a season and a half, let's be honest. I tried a couple uh, episodes of the animated series, and I was clearly not high enough for that. Uh, (laughs) And and, uh, now I'm into TNG, and I I really do enjoy it, but I, I, I find that it even... Even though there's main characters, you know, it's it's not always about just this one person or this one family line or this one thing. There's all these different stories that can come in and be incorporated into this base story, which makes it more appealing and more attractive because and I like the episodical nature of it, that it's that it's, you know, almost self, a self-contained story. And, yeah, there's some references here for an episode that was back over here. But for the most part, this episode is self-contained. Whatever the problem is at the start, it's going to be done at the end. And I kind of like that because the next week I get to – or the next episode, you get to experience something new. And to me, that's kind of cool. Yeah, that's cool. I think we lost Captain Chaos. He probably bounced too close to a supernova or uh, something like that. <laughs> Um, well, it's, yeah, it's, it's silicone. He'll come back around. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, you know, those, the, the differences that you're pointing out is the difference, I would say, between science fiction and fantasy. Um, oh, science sure. fiction is able to explore ideas. It's about ideas. And fantasy is about uh, mythology. It's about the, her- the hero's journey. Oh, sure. um, so yeah. that's what those are the differences between the two. Yeah. I mean, there's no denying Star Wars is, is space fantasy. It's a, it's a space opera. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's yeah. to say it's something else would be uh, movie Kirk or TV Kirk. Uh, but are they, though? But are they? Are they that different? I mean, eh. okay, there's less there's less Wait. dramatic pausing in the movies. It's uh, not. Well, I mean, James, Tim, what Kirk are you talking about? It's much less of the body motion as he's talking. Anyway, yeah, that was a horrible uh, impression, but I, but yes, yeah, so movie Kirk mention, is better. I have to mention the uh, on your on your comment on the episodic nature, um, which we don't get. Well, we didn't get much lately until Stranger Wars uh, came in, but um, I would have to say that was by design. Um, 
Star Trek mm -hmm. almost didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, it was it, it was um, proposed to the studio. They didn't like it. <clears throat> if it wasn't if it wasn't for Lucy uh, from the you know I Love Lucy show, yeah. um, right? They they would never get green light. But my thought, and I'm not 100 percent sure in here, is because they were on that fear that okay, you know, we have Lucy backing us up. Um, we might get canned at any time. Why don't we do self-contained episodes where the story ends, just in case sure. that happens? And sure. and I think that is that's one of the things that I love the most about Trek, and and why you know, and some Treks that are not following that. Um, I was a little skeptic at the beginning, although I grew to love. I, I grew to love is the fact that you can watch anything completely. You can watch it completely out of order, and 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 don't and you don't feel left out, lost in the story. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. You know, and you have to take into account. You know, uh, Gene Roddenberry was a writer for television. He did other series back in the day, and um, you know, television is very you know episodic. It's very you know, standalone. There were no, um, I don't think the storytelling was lended itself to a story arc, um, uh, between episodes because television just wasn't structured like that back in the day. Um, mm -hmm. and then obviously with a show like Star Trek, you know, you, you never know, like you said, you never know if it was going to last. And I think only because, um, I think some of these shows, once they realize that the seasons, um, you know, and obviously Star Trek didn't know that they were going to have as many fans as they did, you know, they got canceled. And then, um, you know, the fans started doing the whole letter writing. Letter campaign. writing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, you know, you have to kind of maybe prepare yourself for for that um, that contingency. But, you know, with, with Star Trek, you're right. It's it's these, you know, nice little stories beginning to end. And again, you know, Gene Roddenberry, you know, credit to him, um, you know, sticking to his guns. I mean, he had a plan. He had a structure on the stories. He he knew which characters he wanted to focus on. And I think for Star Trek in particular, Star Wars does it a little bit, too. But for Star Trek in particular, there's a thing that I call uh, the, the the holy trinity of, of characters. You've got Spock, Bones and uh, and Kirk that really work out so well in, mm -hmm. in TOS. Yeah. Um, these are characters that, you know, they, they, that are together for the most part on screen a lot. They interact with each other and obviously you've got the rest of the crew, but these guys are the main guys. Um, you know, similarly, let's throw in some star Wars stuff in there. You've got obviously Han, Leia and Luke, um, mm -hmm. which, which I feel like the sequels kind of, um, threw that out the window and there's, there's no cohesion there. But yeah. really, you know, they threw a lot out the window. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> that's a that's a different topic, though, Ro. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that, that's next week. <laughs> but you know, getting back to Star Trek, I mean, the Star Trek. Like I said, I started rewatching um, Deep Space Nine. From time to time, like TOS for me is almost like comfort food um yeah. because i because i really enjoy the the actors in their prime on star trek i yeah. really enjoy the adventures i really love the quirkiness of the special effects and the technology yeah. back in the 60s and i actually i would have loved to have seen a star trek reboot the way they did 
um, dis discovery with the look and feel of old Star Trek. I think that would have taken yeah. balls yeah. to do and to stick with it. <laughs> but audiences today are going to be like, you know, that's that's not that's not technology. That's a piece of cheese that you're putting into that computer. But whatever. It's 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 interesting. And I uh, but, you know, we'll we'll see. Yeah, well, I mean, at least of, uh, <laughs> all three of us at once, and go, go. <laughs> I, I was just gonna say that the at least the Strange New Worlds um, did callbacks to that style, at least. Sure. In, in yeah, I, you know, it, it's funny because I, I, um. I bought the. I didn't have I, I, the first season of Discovery. I think I bought on 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 Blu-ray because I had some Best Buy points and I had not seen it. I waited until the entire season you know was finished. Um, you know, I, I enjoyed it for the most part because it was something new. And then the the how many seasons are dis, dis, is Discovery on now? Three, four, uh, four, four. Yeah, it's four. Yeah. Okay. I. I I could not finish the third or the fourth season. I mean, when they started going into the future and they had some stuff happening, I, mm -hmm. I just lost it. You know, just something about the characters just didn't hit for me. It, it yeah. almost they tried too hard. Um, obviously, the one thing that people really gravitated towards it from Discovery was Captain Pike and his crew. Mm -hmm. um, so much, obviously, that they created a, you know, a series uh, for them. And I absolutely love it. It feels like old Trek to me. There are yeah. some nice little contained stories. And obviously, you know, the guy that plays Christopher Pike is, is phenomenal. Um, Anson yeah. Anson Mount, um, yeah. But I think the writing is great. I think the story is, is the stories of, of the episodes are great. And, you know, you start to see a little bit of, of uh, connective tissue between, you know, certain story arcs in, in, in that. Um, but I think... For today's audiences, I think that's, you know, I I, I don't think a sci science fiction uh, property that is as popular as Star Trek would survive with what like self-contained episodes that have absolutely no relationship to each other, yeah. because it's a big world, it's a big universe, and there has to be connection in order for a narrative to to kind of feed off of uh, each other. Yeah, and we saw that in Next Generation where the, like you mentioned, Danielle Q, and you have some returning characters and some callbacks to yeah. the original series. But I really do believe that Strange New Worlds has probably been the most, for myself and my wife who loves Star Trek, she's most invested in that one because it's, I think it successfully uh, merges all of the post-TNG and then mm -hmm. sort of new, uh, new run of shows. It, it really put them all together and that one has been the most successful like you said discovery was cool in certain parts uh picard yeah. season one was good season two was tough to watch um uh i haven't seen lower decks there's a few i haven't seen yet but i think strange new worlds really uh did a good job of putting all those pieces together and having yeah. a nice call out to the original series but modernizing it and certainly had, there's a certain uh jj abrams feel to that one as well yeah. look look wise it has not necessarily the lens flares. I was going to say it's got lots of but, lens flares. Yeah, but those but those bright colors, the 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 high yeah. pass colors and stuff. But it makes it it works. And uh, yeah, Anson yeah. Mount has been mm -hmm. fantastic in that. So that's the that's been sort of the uh, the Paramount <laughs> um, uh, series for uh, for us to uh, of the new stuff at least. 
Yeah, yeah, I, did there. I think Paramount <laughs> is, is like um, Strange New Worlds and Lordex. To me, it's Paramount's love letters to the old Trek fans. And mm -hmm. let me tell you why. Um, at least for me, when I watched TOS back in the day, long before TNG came out, because I remember waiting so long for more Trek until TNG came out, and then I was completely ex uh, excited because I got more Trek coming in. But, um, you know, if, if you come from that era where you watch TOS, you are always curious about those characters that you don't know much about. And we get to see Captain Pike, obviously in the pilot episode, which I got to see on TV because it was already in syndication, but I, I imagine that yep. you know when it was out for the first time on, on the 60s, that, that never aired, uh, or at least I don't think so. But then we see on other, on, later on in, in TOS, how they come back to Pike after the accident. Mm -hmm. So I was always, as a kid, very extremely curious as to what happened to that captain. You know, I saw mm -hmm. it in the first episode. They go back, he had an accident. I want to see that accident. What happened? How he ended up like that? Mm -hmm. And I have so many questions about this character. And, and, and when they announced Strange New Worlds, I was beyond myself because, I was, you know, how long did I wait it? <laughs> and now yeah. I get to see, I get sure. to know what happened to that captain, that one captain that I saw in the first episode that they never went back to. Yeah. And in another, in another way, and let me mention why I mentioned Lower Decks, and I don't know how many of you have seen it, but throughout my trek in Star Trek, point intended, I always wonder about those, the little guys. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you get to see the captain, you get to see number one, you get to see the chief officer, the, the chief engineer. What happened to those little guys? What, who are these people that clean the toilets? the people that actually wash the bathrooms. We got to see one time in Voyager when Captain Janeway decided to go down to the lower decks. And I was like, oh, cool, this is awesome. And I, get to see, I got to see the lower decks crew for the first time in Voyager. So when they announced- uh, Well, there's, there's the one in, in, in TNG as TNG. well. Yeah, it's, it's actually oh, called it's lower decks, yeah. 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 So my point is, we don't have that many interact mm -hmm. with that crew. Yeah. And through my trek, I was very curious, just like I was with Pike. How are these people? What are their motivations? What 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 did you know what they do on a daily basis? How do they do this thing? And when they announced mm -hmm. Lower Decks, I was like, uh, is it really about Lower Decks? I, I had my my doubts. And I watched the first episode and I was just like, my wife loves it. And I'm like, oh my freaking God, I finally get to see Lordex. And, and, and that's the reason why I mentioned those two things to me are Paramount's love letter to the old Trek person who have yeah. followed Trek since in it is its inception. Sure. Hmm. Yeah. I thought it was that's I awesome. thought it was great, especially for somebody who's trying to get into Star Trek. 
I think I think lower decks can be a nice, and I, uh, I like to call them gateway drugs. Sure. Because uh, like, that's what Strange New Worlds was for me, really. You know, that was the thing that said, oh, okay, yeah. if I like this, maybe I can watch more of this. Um, and then when I was getting burned out on, on TOS and all of the Kirkness, I, uh, I, I switched over to, to some lower decks and it reignited the flames of, of, Hey, this is still, this is good content. And here's something else I can watch. Um, because it was, it was entertaining and it interjected a little bit of humor and it, you know, it had good story writing and, and things like that. And there was zero Kirk to be found. And that amused me greatly. And so I, I think if you're, if you're someone who's trying to get into Trek, uh, Strange New Worlds and Lower Decks are, are great new content for you to be able to jump into, you know, uh, especially because to me now from the outside looking in, Trek is very daunting because there is so much of it. We've had all these different, yeah. mm-hmm. all these different series and you, there's the uneasiness of where, where do I start? Where do I jump in? Where do I begin? Uh, you know, there's all this different content that, and um, Robert's showing off all of his right. books. <laughs> <laughs> you, can, you can ask him. Should I continue? You could. I know you could, Robert. That whole that whole shelf is full. But you know, so for me, it was very daunting. But to have a couple of things where I could go, okay, here's something that you know it isn't necessarily it, it's outside of the box of the of the normal things, and I didn't feel like I had to have a whole lot of knowledge of Trek knowledge to jump into these things. Whereas if part of the issue for me was with TOS is that it's been around for so long and so many people have talked about it for all these different ways. And, you know, I love this episode and that episode, and this means so much to me, all these different things for me, it was that's part of why it was so daunting is because there's all this history and all this lore attached to TOS. And I didn't understand a mm-hmm. bit of it, but I didn't need that for lower decks. I didn't need that for strange new world. I could just sit down and enjoy the episodes at face value and so I didn't have to worry about all these different things and all these things I thought I needed to pay attention to. It was just sit down and, and with a bowl of popcorn and watch some TV. It was just good old-fashioned fun. Yeah. Uh, Nick uh, at Backyard Tardis puts up a, an interesting point. I have not seen Lower Deck, but he says, I don't know if Lower Deck's humor would work without knowing Trek because the jokes are so inside uh, inside jokes, you know, fandom-wise. Um, it does. You yeah. know... I, I, I think there's I, enough humor in there on other things that that you can enjoy it without having to know everything about the show. I, yeah. I think Lower Decks is one of the reasons why I started the the Trek rewatch with my wife. Because, uh, and, and see, now I'm thinking about it in retrospect. Because um, we had multiple conversations. And I remember watching episodes for Lower Decks because my wife loves Lordex. But I remember pausing multiple times to explain. Uh, okay. <laughs> and, and I would switch over to, to YouTube and find a clip. It could be from TOS that they're referencing. It could be from the next generation they're referencing. And it took yeah. us so long. And my wife said, you know what? You know about Star Trek. Why don't we just do, you know, the, the, the watch in order so then I don't have those questions and that's how I ended up doing the rewatch which I'm not complaining because yeah. this is the first time I'm doing a rewatch when I'm adding the new stuff which I didn't have before but yeah um, I would have to agree with that comment Lower Deck has a lot of you don't really need to know to enjoy the show but it just 
it, it happened that to me, it took me longer to watch because I had to pause and find YouTube videos to show my wife. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I find that all interesting too, uh, especially in an IP like Star Trek and Star Wars to a point because you've got so much stuff out there. Like when you bring in new fans, like where do you tell them to go, especially for Star Trek? Like where do you go? And I know um, Chantel recently started watching Star Trek and I think she started watching a little bit of the original series and she's on to the next generation um, like you are, Tim. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah, it's like, where do you, where do you start and how do you, st it, it just seems daunting. Um, I just, have a list. yeah, of course you do. <laughs> no, he does. It's actually a pretty good list. I'm not, I haven't yeah. followed it cause I was already into my own watch, but, but it, 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 the, the order that Robert has actually makes sense to me. Yeah. I just, uh, yeah, his list is way cooler than what I put together in my own head. So, um, I want to. <laughs> I want to address a uh, longtime listener has been um, asking us to really talk about um, a certain something. And I wanted to ask you guys what your favorite um, story arc uh, in any of the treks uh, is. And um, I'm going to start really with, uh, with mine. And I remember, you know, seeing the next generation as it aired on television in uh, what was that? 1987. Yep. On the on the UPN. Yep. Um, mm -hmm. It was amazing to have seen the season finale of uh, the best of both worlds. Part one oh, and uh, seeing the, the Borg, you know, being introduced after we saw them, you know, initially when uh, when Q uh, kind of messed things up. But, uh, you know, the, Star Trek obviously has a, a, a plethora of, of wonderful, wonderful characters and, and bad guys. Uh, you know, um, the Borg is probably, you know, they, they've been solidified in the, the annals of the Delta Quadrant mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. as uh, as uh, some really great bad guys. But I wanted to go across the room here and, and ask what your favorite, um, you know, story arc in, in any track is. I'm going to start with Charles. Oh, great. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, uh, the Borg are fantastic. Uh, that introduction was phenomenal. Uh, you know, I, I do have one story arc that I go back to a lot, and I'll get to that in a second. But, uh, you know, as we talking about, I think that Tim was talking about how Wrath of Khan was, was one of his favorite Trek movies and how uh, the screenwriter, uh, you know, of Khan went back and watched the original series and saw Khan and plucked him out of that storyline as something to right. revisit for that movie. There was an episode in the first ep season of uh, TNG uh, that had those uh, those creatures, uh, those uh, those beasts that were sort of invading the the uh, the higher echelons of Starfleet, and oh, the yeah. episode ended with a beacon and it mm -hmm. had that sort of cliffhanger. I'm just saying that could be a fantastic revisit movie if anybody's listening. But anyways, um, but uh, the one arc I'll, that I I'll, really I'll call Kathleen Kennedy. Oh, wrong. Go cool. sorry, sorry. Pause. <laughs> <laughs> um, the one arc that I found that really tied well was uh, the Yesterday's Enterprise arc, and it uh. was surprising how Tasha Yar came back in yeah. that, and uh, especially considering her exit out of the first season and how she left and. For those of you who like those little um, those little Easter eggs, you can see her waving in her last scene, far off in the background. Yeah, <laughs> what's that? 
still, still broken. Um, and the way she came back then as the Romulan, uh, I thought was brilliant. And that's, that, that set of episodes was mind blowing. And I go back and revisit those episodes quite often. So that's one of my top, one of my top three yeah. for sure. I'll have to echo Thanks you there. Thanks for the spoilers, I, Robert, uh, Charles. Yeah. I'm still in season one. Oh. Way to go. All right. No, I'm no, just that, kidding. It's uh, absolutely fine, buddy. I'm just. That is a. Uh, that's a fantastic episode. I owe you several drinks for that. I'm sorry. No, no, it's absolutely fine. I know. I know that uh, she's she's not in other uh, other seasons. That's it's absolutely fine. I'm just giving crap because because you mentioned something about a character that I actually know from TNG. So all right, good. Yeah, we're good. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm that down. Like, you know, that's a great episode yesterday's Enterprise, and obviously we'll we'll get to it. You know, um, Picard has um, some connections to that episode um, as we see. Uh, some story elements kind of uh, start to surface uh, with with that. Um, I'm almost um, I'm almost wanting to revisit that episode just to kind of see if there's anything that that maybe somebody picked up to include mm -hmm. in, in the Picard story. Um, I met the writer Eric Stillwell uh, when I was working uh, for Creation Entertainment. I used to do all the fan videos that would pop up the screen with music and i would edit you know all the all those you know action shots and stuff like that um so i met eric stillwell he's a great guy and uh i remember you know talk talking to him about how wonderful that story was uh very, cool. very very cool uh the way that they brought everything back um it was it, it's just a, a phenomenal story arc and it was you know again very self-contained yeah um <laughs> you had the you know you had the the iconic enterprise c um you know show up and it was it was just a wonderful wonderful story yeah. um mm -hmm. so uh, yeah i uh definitely one of my favorites obviously uh because of that um uh, danielle what about you um for me it would have to be uh spock's character arc um, oh, nice. Throughout the, the original series and then the movies and then the few times that he showed up in TNG uh, and then now we're going back to when he's younger. Um, Are you including that too? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, I think that, you know, the, the one thing, you know, Spock is my favorite character. Um, I really relate to him. Um, and it seems like no matter what period um, of his time, of his um you know, of his life that they're exploring in Star Trek. I always relate to his, uh, you know, struggles with identity, with his, um, with his emotions, with, with the ex existential questioning. Um, and so I just love how um, I love where they take him. And it, it he doesn't, um, I kind of like how he doesn't have like a beginning and end. Sure. Because he, because yeah. you know, he goes into uh, the Kelvinverse timeline. Um, even though his life ends there, it's kind of his life is kind of like a circle. I, you know, I kind of was thinking about that, where it's like I don't, I don't view Spock's life as um, linear. Linear, yeah. I, I, I kind of view it in um, holistically, um, like what he's learning. Um, at different ports, points of his life. I, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the, the movie Arrival at all. Yeah. Oh, not yeah. the Denis Villeneuve classic. There you go. Oh, yeah. yes. I'm not familiar with that. It. <laughs> yeah. Well, I knew I knew Robert was. 
Um, but yeah, I, I kind of, the way that those, the, their rival aliens view life is how I view Spock's life and how he, what he can teach us about living well, um, about being wise and compassionate and, um, um, vulnerable and humble. He's just, he's just like a powerful character. Absolutely. You know, I, I think Leonard Nimoy, too, is one of those actors that you can just watch him in anything. He has such gravitas um, and command of whatever it is that he's playing. Um, yeah. You know, even even after Star Trek, I mean, I was captivated, captivated watching him in in search of just hearing his voice. Yeah. I was just like, oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> fantastic stuff. Yeah, I mean, Spock is obviously a, a wonderful character, and you're right. You know, him showing up in in the Next Generation was, um, you know, I, I think it was a little bit more than a ratings stunt um, because it did offer mm-hmm. some really um, unique uh, continuation of of him. Mm-hmm. And you know, you wonder what he was doing. And obviously, Unification has that uh, that yeah. aura of. Of of bringing you know the Romulan people you know basically back together, um, so it's it's a really yeah, yeah it's a really great story arc. Yeah, and I you know I loved how they how they showed the fruits of his labors um, in Discovery, right. um, where we see the merging of Romulan and Vulcan, like his dream comes true, like in the future, and it's really beautiful. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I would have to agree. Uh, Robert, your favorite Star Trek story arc in any Trek. What do you got? Oh, boy, that's going to be a hard one. And let me explain why. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I I always thought of myself as being kind of like a Trek historian if I was in that world. Um, because my arcs in the whole Trek has to be every situation that recalls how the a specific alien race either join or interacts with the federation like for example it was a joy for me in in enterprise when we see how the andorians got oh, involved yeah. with the federation. and fast forward to ds9 the whole uh, Dominion War. It's that whole arc. It's it, I find it amazing because you got to see, you know, something that you know prior to that I only saw in writing. Um, but I, you get to see firsthand, you know, the politics behind it, the military tactics, and, and, and the whole situation that happened in that war firsthand. So, and, and those are just only two examples of two arcs that I like. But that's the reason why I said I I, I kind of like to call myself if I was in that world a historian because it seems to me yeah. that every arc that involves stuff that is in writing that I haven't seen, like the introduction to you know example the the, the Andorians, it, it I find it extremely <coughs> fascinating. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Star Trek has a lot of obviously because it's uh, kind of like a, a an organization that goes out and explores, et cetera, et cetera. You got a lot of politics there. They don't. I I, I don't think um, they stay in that political realm too much because it's a little bit more. You know, I, I kind of equate it to a little bit more. You know, space uh, frontier. You know, exploring 
Um, and maybe not as much politics as uh, Star Wars has had lately, but I'm all for it. I love the 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 political machinations of what Star Wars is showing us currently. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know the the politics in in Star Trek cannot be um, cannot be denied or overlooked because obviously you've got different species of different aliens yeah. they've got borders you know there are wars back and forth you got the klingons the romulans uh, and dorians and and some new ones yeah. uh, in in the television series so it's it's just a um it's a wonderful conglomeration of i don't know just you know all societies kind of trying to work working together but i you know I, obviously that's yeah. one of the things that uh, gene roddenberry was trying to to you know establish um with the show um, but Tim, you are a, uh, next generation, uh, newbie, uh, but, uh, I'm sure you've got a couple of favorites. Actually I do. And, and my favorites have nothing to do with next generation. So, um, so one of the things that I, I've, I've discussed my dislike for TNG, but not TNG, but TOS rather, excuse me, I'll get my acronyms down here. Um, <laughs> but I love it. I love the episode of space seed from season one of TOS uh, and the introduction of Khan and everything that's going on in that. And I love how that came out you know, to the movie, the wrath of Khan. I think Khan was, was one of the premier bad guys. He's, he's the premier yeah. villain and just everything that he does is so just deliciously and delightfully maniacal. And, yeah. and he's just, he's just such a, yeah, just such a good bad guy sitting in his rich Corinthian leather chairs, and it was just just really well done. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I've, I've always I've always liked that transition from from the episode of Space Seed to to the movie uh, because I'd watched the movie first. I had no idea that Space Seed even existed years ago, oh, and wow. my That's and cool. my friend my friend told me he says you got to come back and and watch this episode of TOS. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Uh, William Shatner sucks. And that's not going to happen. But I gave, and I'm so glad I, I'm so glad I gave in. I really am. I'm so glad I gave in because it's, it is such a good episode and it sets the table. So when you sit down and you watch, start watching the movie, you understand why Khan is so upset about being marooned on, on SETI Alpha by what's happening yeah. and, and how he feels like he got screwed over and all these different things. And so to me, that is um, just such a such a, a good a, a, you know, story arc. And I love the way that he transitions even from the Wrath of Khan in, into uh, the search for Spock sure. and, and how that story then continues. Um, and uh, yeah. So I, that's that to me was one of the one of the, the great story arcs or storylines in in Star Trek, and that was from the outside looking in, somebody who didn't like Star Trek, but liked those things, and those things always kind of sat with me. Um, oh, awesome. And then I think... the yeah, go, go ahead, ahead, Robert. No, 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 go ahead. Okay, I was just gonna say the other the other thing that uh, that, that I liked is. Um, and now it kind of means more to me because now I've 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 watched the episode with the Gorn in and TOS, and then to to watch it mm-hmm. again uh, the Gorn uh, in uh, um, Strange, Strange New Worlds, World. yeah, yeah, was just you know fantastic, and I like 
I loved the fact that there, and I know that there, there's, there's separate storylines and there, you know, there's clearly a difference between the Gorn that we see in Strange New Worlds and the Gorn that we see in, in TOS, clearly, mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, you've got practical effects versus special effects and, you know, the, the age of t- and changes in technology and all those wonderful things. But it also has to do with the fact that the, one of the reasons I really like that story, too, is I, we got to interview uh, Bruce Horak, who played Hammer. And talking oh, with, yeah. with Bruce about that that episode in particular, and how they had it set up like a horror movie on site, you know, on set, and all the things that they went through to be able to keep that going, you know, it was just it's really cool to hear the background, the behind the scenes stuff, how they got that scene set up, and how they they went through it and everything else. So, oh, awesome. uh, so for those two, those are my two favorite things about Star Trek thus far. And uh, supposedly that's uh, Ricardo Montalban's real chest. So there you go. <laughs> As we just, <laughs> I liked uh, I liked the uh, Gorn in uh, the Andor series. Actually, that was his best appearance, uh, in my opinion. Uh, but I have to take some offense, though. You got, you know, without Shatner as Kirk, mm-hmm. I would say that that series would not have existed. Even aside from the brilliant writing. I think Shatner was the central character, and you had Nimoy as one part of his conscience, and Doctor McCoy as his other part of his conscience, and Kirk was in the middle. Yeah. And without mm-hmm. him, oh, there you go, Mad Vader. There we go. Um, you got you got your first pitchfork uh, uh, comment here. So Shatner. I mean, it's he may be a sort of an eyeful to to consume as a character, but I think he. Yeah. Played it brilliantly, and without him and without his performance, that series would not have existed. Uh, in I don't. My I I don't disagree with you one bit. I don't think that I don't think that that there is a Star Trek moving forward without William Shatner. There's not a Star Trek without him playing James T. Kirk. Mm-hmm. I right. get all of that. I he was just never my cup of tea. I've well, never yeah, liked. Totally. I've, yeah. I've never liked Shatner. And the only thing that that Shatner has done that I like, there's a movie called Fanboys. Uh, he's, got a, he's got a bit role in fanboys. Past that, you know, it, you know, that's so good. What about Twilight Zone? When he's in Twilight Zone, even in Twilight okay. Zone, the Tasmanian Devil. But yeah. he's very similar in that show as well. You know, is, my wife will say that he's from Montreal. He's from our hometown, and he's got his own building, the Shatner Building at McGill University, mm-hmm. that my wife walks into and enjoyed and and enjoyed that splendor being able to be part of uh, Shatner's uh, existence. So uh, I'm glad she's not here because she would take huge offense with that. <laughs> That's fine. I, you know, the thing is, and I've always said that I don't expect anybody to agree with me. And, and I, you know, I, I, I'm not offended if somebody tells me that, Hey, yeah, your, your opinion's stupid. I get, I'm okay with that. Um, I've just never been, I've never been able to sign on to it. I just, I like him better in the movies than I like him in the TV show. Okay, the, the couple that. movies yeah, that I he, saw. Yeah. Um, and so I relate to him better in in episode, you know, in Star Trek Two and Star Trek Three. Um, you know, I, I think he was to me. That's and this is probably more get more pitchforks out, but to me, those those are the prime Kirk movies. Past that, or prime Kirk era for me, anyway. Mm. Past that, I did. There wasn't much for me to connect to him with. And there was always a bit of disconnect just because I just, I always liked Spock. I always liked Leonard Nimoy. I always liked uh, DeForest Kelly as Bones. I always thought those two characters were really good. And you're absolutely right. They are, they are the angel, this, the, uh, almost like the angel and the devil on the shoulders. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, controlling his, controlling his morality in, in some respects. Um, and I've always liked that aspect of it. 
but past that, I just was like, oh, good. Can, when, when does um, you know, when does he get off the screen and the other guys come back? Okay, no, <laughs> not, not yet. Okay, so yeah. So let's um. Did I ask every, everybody? Everybody got in their uh, their favorite uh, story arc. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what about the Borg? <laughs> the um, the Borg to me, and and again, I remember watching um, the um, the season finale of uh, I think it was season six or season seven, the uh, best of both worlds, and um, when Riker turns around and the camera kind of does that slow move into him. And uh, he just says, fire, fire. Yeah. yeah. And then cut to credits. That was, that was, uh, that was an amazing, I actually, and we I had, had nothing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We had, we had nothing like that on television. It was, it was a great, yep. uh, you know, we, we wanted the summer to be over to see what, uh, you know, the conclusion, um, which, uh, which was funny. Um, I've got a theory about the Borg and uh, this will kind of branch our discussion into the movies. Um, I, when I, I remember watching um, Star Trek, the motion picture and the uh, end of Star Trek, when you had um, uh, the Decker mm-hmm. unit, um, mm. the Decker unit uh, join uh, with uh, the, uh, the, what's her name? Um, Ilya. Yeah. When they joined, wow. um, <laughs> I thought immediately that that was the birth of the Borg and they had um, all this knowledge that, that the Voyager went out and did all the stuff yeah. and, and grabbed all the knowledge and then came back. Um, Major. That's as a, um, as a kid, that's what I, that's what I thought. I know. Uh-huh. Oops, hold on a second. Let me stop sharing this. Cause I don't need uh, his chest shown anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but um, hashtag physical goals. <laughs> yeah start working out you got time <laughs> but um let's uh let's switch discussions here and uh talk a little bit about the movies um i know you know there's this adage in in star trek fandom that uh the odd ones suck and the even ones are are, are the better ones um but uh you know obviously you know for me uh the uh, sequel to the original star wars is is my favorite movie of all time, but you also have, you know, the sequel to the original star Trek, uh, you know, uh, the wrath of Khan, which is, uh, considered by many as, uh, their favorite, you know, it, it would be like their empire strikes back. But, um, I wanted to go around the room and, uh, maybe we'll start this time with, uh, Danielle and, uh, let's talk about the movies. What are your favorites and what are your not so favorites? Um, my, my ultimate favorite is, uh, the, the motion picture. Okay. <laughs> I love that one. It's to me, it's like one of the top science fiction movies of all time. <laughs> um, so the, that, that one and under undiscovered country and, um, and I do like, um, the final frontier for it's, you know, potential because <laughs> I, I love the character of Cybok. Sure. And well, um, but, we're, we're getting them but, back. Yeah, I know. I'm excited. Spoiler. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so the, the, the motion picture to me, you know, obviously exploring those big, those big existential themes. Um, you know, I don't like that Borg um, theory because that totally goes against the thematic 
conclusion of that film, to me, that film shows the how the beauty of marriage um, shows our inherent need for a creator. There is that connection between Decker and Ilya um, and the fact that the both of them together, um, you know, Voyager or, you know, Voyager um, was looking for his creator. You know, there's like this desire looking for this creator. Spock was looking for the truth. And then what the Spock realizes that it was this simple feeling, it's connection, it's relationship. Um, and that's what the marriage, you know, between Decker and Ilya represented. Um, so marriage, you know, sexuality is not just intimacy. It's about truth. It's about, it's about knowing and it's about being, you know, being known and loved. Um, and that is the ultimate truth. Um, and so when they join together, they transcend and they, um, they, jo they join in that marriage and they, you know, they insinuate that they, they would have, you know, go to the next evolution and have children. And, it, you know, that is, um, you know, that is what it means to find truth. You know, that's yeah. what I love about it. Absolutely. You know, I, I, the uh, motion picture gets a lot of hate um, for uh, various reasons. Yeah, I, I think one, yeah. one of the things. For no reason. Yeah. Some of the, you know, people think it's too slow. People think it's uh, yeah. too long. Um, Robert Weiss did uh, such a wonderful um, uh, job directing that movie. I yeah. actually, it's actually up there as, as one of my favorite Star Treks, um, the original, uh, the, the, uh, the motion picture. It's, um, you're absolutely right. Everything you said, I think um, the the concepts of like just pure science fiction, um, yeah. and then mm -hmm. it was co-written co by I think was it uh, Alan Dean Foster? Um, I think so. I, I can't remember. And um, we know that name uh, because he uh, helped write uh, Splinter of the Mind's Eye. But he obviously he's he's got mm -hmm. uh, a great pedigree. Uh, but I, I think um, I think Star Trek, the motion picture is is uh, is just a wonderful movie. And again, you know, getting back to, you know, one of the biggest reasons I kind of go back and watch the original series from time to time is it's comfort food. It's I feel yeah. comfortable in that space. Mm -hmm. I love, yeah. um, you know, we, we may not have a lot of these actors, um, you know, present to do new things. So I go back where I'm comfortable and I, and I love yeah, watching mm -hmm. them interact. And I think that's, you. Um, you know, the first foray into, uh, into cinema for Star Trek. I think that's one of the reasons that uh, I also like uh, the motion picture because it, it, it yeah. represents that safe space for me too. But I, again, I, I love the story. I love the characters. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, you're absolutely right. I mean, to me, it, it really is kind of like pure, science fiction it does make you um think and mm -hmm. um and and that's one of the reasons i i love it yeah mm -hmm. i i would have to say um the, the when i look at this right i am a fan of 2001 1968 a space mm. audit yeah i think the the motion picture was kind of like a love letter. And, and I don't know if this is accurate or not, but it just kind of seemed, by me watching both movies and seeing the comparison, um, it's a love letter for 
for uh, from Star Trek to this creation that is 2001. And the fact, and I think that the reason yeah. they selected this was, you know, this is going to be our first movie. We want to make an impression. This is actually sci- science fiction. What better movie to to mirror after than one of the best science fiction movies uh, in the cinema, yeah. which was 1960s, 2001 Space yeah. Odyssey. Yeah. Now, ha- having said that, if I recall, the obviously I was not alive when the 2001 Space Odyssey came out. I watched it after the fact, but I was so enamored with this movie that I actually did some reading about the time that it was released into the theaters. And in comparison, both movies get the same kind of comment. The the movies were really slow. So yeah. 2001 more so, um, uh, among my, my friends, I found kind of like a 50-50% where 50% says they hated that movie. It's horrible and and it's so slow and oh my God. And then the other half is like, oh my God, this is the best movie I ever seen. Mm-hmm. And I kind of get the same comments from the motion picture. Yeah. Yeah. That makes I don't sense. Know what is that? But it's, it's no, kind of yeah. it, it, what better movie to mirror it after than 2001. Yeah, I agree. Wow. Yeah. And I think both you and Danielle have said it perfectly. The the depth of where Star Trek shines is those introspective points and then it sort of mm-hmm. casts out from those larger thoughts. And mm-hmm. for me, the motion picture is a callback to The Cage uh, when that pilot was oh, originally yeah. produced for NBC. Mm-hmm. They said, no, this is too cerebral. Uh, re- go and redo it. Uh, yeah. Make it more actiony. And then they you know, roll, roll, roll it back. And I see that as uh Ratha Khan. So, and Ratha Khan yeah. hands down mm-hmm. and Ro and I have talked about this is probably, you know, equal to uh, Empire uh, Strikes Back as a sequel. Uh, so that's the easy answer. But uh, for me, my favorite, I think the, the most underappreciated movie is uh, Undiscovered Country. Um, it's, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, it has so many, it's, it's extremely quotable. It's, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's, 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 uh, it's got Shakespeare. It's got Christopher mm-hmm. Plummer. It's got Michael Dorn and one of the first gen- uh, next generation appearances of a character. Um, there are so many depths to that movie that uh, are underappreciated. That mm-hmm. uh, that's probably my favorite, aside from Khan, is uh, yeah. is that one. And uh, I've rewatched that several times, and it's just it gets better with age. So that would be my entry for that one. Absolutely. And, you know, yeah. both um, Wrath of Khan and Undiscovered Country directed by Nicholas Meyer. Um, That's right. Going back That's to the right. Star Trek universe. So uh, fantastic. I, um, you know, again, you know, I, I love uh, Undiscovered Country. You know, getting back to the uh, politics of Star Wars or Star Trek, obviously that story also had some very political, mm-hmm. you know, uh, themes going. You had the um, <laughs> Chancellor of the High Command, you know, the Klingons and Christopher Plummer. What an amazing performance, uh, oh, you know, yeah. him as a Klingon. You know, I, I know him, you know, obviously, from uh, The Sound of Music, and, and he's a classically trained actor. But, uh, you know, putting him in that Klingon makeup, uh, it was at first I'm like, wow, how how is this going to work? Um, but you don't you don't see Christopher oh, yeah. Plummer in Klingon makeup. You see, uh, you know, you see the, the character. And, you know, kudos to the actor because it is uh, phenomenally well done. 
Oh yeah, he chewed yeah, scene. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's uh, mm -hmm. uh, it's phenomenal. Yeah. Um. Let's see, Tim. What do you Hi. got? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just sitting here listening. Um. So, uh, you know, I I, I just want to say one thing about the the Star Wars the motion picture. I think a lot of people, and this is from the outside looking in, I think a lot of people who have a problem with it saying that it's too slow paced. And, and, I, and I think uh, there was a comment, I think it was from, well, I'm trying to see where it was, uh, Backyard Tardis mentioned this, and I was thinking the same thing, uh, that it's the, uh, they call it the the motionless picture because right, yeah. was, they were expecting <laughs> something too else. Slow, yeah. Yeah. Because they came in, especially now, if you came in from the Star Wars world, like me, you're used to a faster pace. You're used to sure. you're used to you know blasters mm -hmm. out and you know just pew 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 all the time. And there's what, what is what is George Lucas known for saying? Faster and more intense. Exactly. <laughs> um, and you know, make something stupid. Say you know, Misa got to go bathroom or something. Anyway, uh, we don't uh, talk about that here, Tim. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I'm just saying. So, and and please don't of, mention the Last Jedi because I'm done with my wine. Uh, Where's the tequila, though? Come on. But, you know, um, I, I think for a lot of people, that's where the issue is: is that they they want they want yeah. explosions and they want all these sure. other things. But to me, if you're going to have a, sci a science fiction movie, it's about storytelling. It's about the the, the story yeah. itself. And I and I think that that's what the motion picture does. It tells the story. It's not exactly necessarily the the big explosions thing because even in, in wrath of Khan, it's a, about the story. There's very, the, there are explosions and things, but it's not the entirety of the movie that, that is this big action sequence one right after another, mm -hmm. after another, you know, mm -hmm. and then today, especially in today's science fiction world, I think we're getting conditioned to having it be more like an action movie than a science fiction movie because everybody yeah. wants, you know, the, uh, uh, the Michael Bay experience. If it's not exploding, then it's not fun. You know, um, <laughs> right. that's, that's just my thought on that, but uh, yeah, um, we need we need more slow cinema for sure. Yeah. So I've I, I've taken I, myself so far off track. I forgot what our topic was. But best movie was <laughs> Star Wars. We're talking Star Wars, right? We're talking Star Wars. Oh, good. I, I I got lots of opinions on that. <laughs> I can help you out on that one. Uh, Sequel trilogy. Yeah, uh, no, for me, I, uh, if it, we're talking movies and Star Trek, it's. It's either the the Wrath of Khan or I actually really enjoy the the first of the JJ tracks. Um, nice. I had a I had a oh, yeah. I had a problem with I had a problem uh, not with uh, butternut crinkle fries in, in the second movie, but uh, just the way that that they they laid out they, the way that they laid out everything. It was it was so it made it hard to watch at times because they everything was just mapped out from the very beginning and the. Yeah. And the, but, the fact that they denied it like from the beginning, you know, it's like the, the yeah. fans are like, no, he's, he's playing con. Come on. And then they're yeah. like, no, 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 he's not playing con. And then yeah. you go see oh, the movie and it's. He's con. What did you call him? Yeah. Yeah, butternut, butternut crinkle fries? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> butternut crinkle fries. All right. I just want to write that down. Just a second. Okay. All right. Thank you. All right. Yeah. So, I don't, yeah, I don't those... know why they did that. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, I think, I think he did a really good job in what they directed him to do as Khan. And I think sure. that he's a wonderful actor. Yeah. I just right. think that there was right. a whole opportunity that was missed with that second it's movie. Missed. But I think the first one yeah. was, was done so very well. And it was a nice introduction 
for especially for people maybe who weren't as big as Star Trek fans. Because if you notice, that's my whole theme and everything I talk about tonight is is from somebody who wasn't a Star Trek fan and who's coming into the universe. What are the things that are going to grab your attention? If you want to grab somebody's attention, you know, if I'm talking about Star Wars and I tell people, hey, this is what I think you should watch. Empire Strikes Back. Let's sit down. Let's do it. That's that is the cream of the of the Star Wars crop, as far as I'm sure. concerned. Now, if it's Star Trek, I'm going to tell them, hey, you know, from my vantage point, it's Wrath of Khan, and let's sit down. Mm-hmm. Let's watch Wrath of Khan because that is a mm-hmm. that is a gem yep. of a movie, yep. and every and everything that it does. Um, even William Shatner, I like in that movie. So <gasps> I know, right? I I was shocked too. So. Um, but, but for me, that that's that's the cream of the crop as far as in, in Star Trek movies and the ones that I have watched. Um, you know, there's there's a several that I haven't watched. I haven't watched any of the TNG movies. You know, so I'm I'm getting there. I'm working my way towards them. Uh, and then when you get to the uh, when you're talking about the the JJ Treks, I really enjoy the first one. The second one hits the hits uh, has more misses than hits, and the third one. It's a little lost out in the field, but you know, uh, there's some high points to it. Which one is the third one? Star Trek uh, Beyond. 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 Star Trek Beyond. Oh, yeah. yeah. I like, I like how Charles is like, oh God, no, oh, God. No. Was that, Star, was that the, Star was that Trek the Waste with, Bin? Uh, was that the one with the Beastie Boys song in it? Yeah. Well, that, that was one and three. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yes. Well, yeah. They tried to ignite the magic from the first one. It didn't work. Hey, Charles. Yeah. Yes. I like, I like Beyond. <laughs> oh wait look if anybody finds it's the same thing with the sequel trilogy of star wars if you right. enjoy them that's Fine. fantastic and it's yeah. you find what you like i mean i like the last jedi sorry ro don't i know there's no tequila but <laughs> that's all oh, i have to no. get out of this oh. you say how much i like the last jedi <laughs> yeah last jedi is a beautiful movie <laughs> For me to poop on. <laughs> you know what? For two hundred thousand, for two hundred million dollars, it better look good. <laughs> it was very artistic. But I, uh, but I digress. Um, you know, I, I think um, one of the things I think too that really works with Wrath of Khan is obviously the actors have a history together. You, you, you know, you saw it in yeah. Space Seed. There is a story yeah. arc that kind of you know um, transpires over the the course of time. And they are kind of back in their element. I think Kirk did a phenomenal job um, with uh, with with the script. I think the story was great. Um, the the little cat and mouse game between you know Kirk, the Enterprise, and 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 the Reliant uh, mm-hmm. in the Nebula. I think that it, it's it's uh, it's very classic Star Trek, um, and mm-hmm. not just because it's you know it's it's actiony, but I think the relationship between the 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 uh, uh the antagonist and, and and kirk and stuff is is just it's uh it's a crown jewel in 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 star yeah. trek lore i think it reminded and me of the hunt for red october oh absolutely yeah oh, oh sure nice. yeah, yeah. That's, that's a great yeah. That's and the fact that like there, tim right? and the fa- the fact that tim didn't see space seed uh just you know supports the fact that the that you know it was written so well you didn't need to see the original episode to mm-hmm. get the uh, the tension and the character history that was moved forward, and like with the way that Montalban said City Alpha Five and City Alpha Six, the way he emphasizes it, it was 
you got it immediately. You guys screwed up and we're, we're the ones who paid that price. And you yeah. move forward from the story from there and you completely buy into it. That's why it's one of the best sequels ever done. I, I think too, I though, if you have that. an opportunity, if you haven't watched it and you get, go back and then watch Spacey, that made yes. the movie hit that much harder for me. Yes. And I, yep. I think, too, and to, to Rose's point, you have the, 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 the ability of these two actors to, to take and you know make this a, a – it almost feels personal. And I, you know that they're acting. You know that they're, mm-hmm. they're doing their job. They, they, they got, clearly got paid dump trucks full of money to, to show up on camera. <laughs> and, and that's all fine, well, and good. But there, there's something to the, the effort that they're putting out there. And you can all the, – the, if that was in real life, the, the tension would have been palpable. It would you mm. you, you just yeah. it was just so there, and you're hanging on every argument that these guys have. You know, and the, the he's on this monitor and he's standing in front of it, and they're just they're the, the hatred mm. was just so intense, and just it just makes you just at the end of the movie you're like, why'd they have to kill him off? They could have kept him around, and that would have been awesome for future movies. <laughs> but anyway. Somehow Khan returned. Oh, okay. wow. oh no, no. Now, how do I boot Ro from the chat? How do I <laughs> there's time travel? Oh god. Uh, I gotta say, there's time travel. Yeah. Hold on, yeah, I got a true. knife around here yeah. somewhere just gonna take care of myself. <laughs> <laughs> the laziest writing in cinema history. You had to bring that up. Thank you. <laughs> Robert, uh we uh <laughs> We were uh, engaging in shenanigans before you started to say something, and I didn't want to uh, have you miss your oh, point. I was just curious because a conversation brought in a question uh, of a conversation that I had multiple of my friends, which, to be honest, to me, is not a big ordeal. Uh, but I just want to make sure if it's just me or not. But concerning uh, the Wrath of Khan, what is everybody here? What are what is what are your thoughts on the Chekhov situation on the Russian? <laughs> now, the the Chekhov this, conundrum. Let yeah, me yeah, say yeah. this again: It doesn't bother me. No, but it seems like a lot of my friends. Don't get me wrong; the movie is amazing, but they they had an issue. So I'm but kind let of me, what, what is what is their issue though? Because I know I know what. I know what it is behind the scenes, but what is their issue that they are that are that they are bothered by it? And then um, I guess if you want to explain, um, go ahead and explain what the issue is overall, and then we'll get into the particulars. Well, if you go back to the 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 TOS episode, if you recall, um, Cheka wasn't in the Enterprise, right? At all what? until the, the following season. Well, you know, I know where you're going with this. <laughs> He was in, he was in the lower decks. Lower decks, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so what the issue is that when Khan says Chekhov for the first time, he's like he remembers him. I never forget. And the, the question face. is how? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he never seen him before. So right. I'm kind of curious to see what everybody's thought is on that situation. I'm going to say, first of all, um, when you see Wrath of Khan, um, unless you're like really a diehard um, fan of Star Trek and you know that, you know, that that uh, Walter Koenig wasn't hired until the second season because they wanted to get the 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 ladies to watch Star Trek because of Davy Jones from the monkeys. um, Yeah. 
<laughs> then it, it it doesn't really bother you. It doesn't. It shouldn't bother you. It's like you you kind of like make the connection. It's like he was part of the crew all along, and it does yeah. make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how he I. He was take there it. in it, spirit. Right, and, and that's what I think. Yeah, because when it's not for me, it wasn't so much. I never forget to face. It was more of Chekhov's the Botany Bay, the Botany yeah. Bay. The way he says it, he remembers it. And I totally attributed it, like what you said before, the, the lower decks. He was on the ship, but he hadn't yet elevated to Ensign. And he was there. He was among sort of like the the parts. And it's his perspective that drives um, uh, Khan's, uh, I guess, introduction to his character. So that's the way I look at it. It's Chekhov initiating the entire fact that he remembered it and powering uh, Khan's perspective of I never forget a face. I, I, I read an article about this actually it was it was just a uh, just a bunch of people offering their opinions well I like this one opinion and maybe this will make sense to you guys um, it said that uh, um, that Khan had access to Enterprise's computer to research the past 270 plus oh. years so in that time he could have also accessed accessed crew files to assess their possible danger to his plans and to keep the more valuable crew members. So it is quite possible, though, even though really? Chekhov is, was not in that episode, he could have been on a different shift in the lower decks, wherever. Mm-hmm. But Khan could have recognized him through the in- Enterprise's file mm. photos. Right. Because he's got his profile and photo in that. Right. right. Yeah. So mm. I thought that, that was actually a pretty good theory as to how you, you bridge from this to this. And that, you know, I never recognize or I never forget a face. But, you know, he wasn't in this this other episode where he would have been able to see his face. So, but maybe when he was, you know, scrolling through the, the computer, he saw the photo and he, he, he has, he assessed his level of danger there before he stuck the thing in his ear and made me afraid of bugs. <laughs> I remember watching you on your profile page on your, your Federation, MySpace page. <laughs> good. Good. Yeah. Currently available. Uh, I was a subscriber to your OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> I never forget a foot. Oh my god! <laughs> oh god! And there, and there's the line. But <laughs> Danielle, what do you, uh, over. Yeah. What do you think, Danielle? Does it bother you, or are you cool with it? Uh, no, it doesn't bother me at all. Like those things don't bother me. Because, you know, I, I'm always about, you know, the spirit of the story. Sure. Um, then, um, like, like it's, for example, um, the whole uh, Klingon thing, um, how they had to explain why in the original series they look like humans versus later. And it's like, to me, they shouldn't have even addressed that at all. Like, there was no reason to. <laughs> Yeah, that was, oh, yeah. That was oh, the original different. series. They put a suit on a dog and called it an alien. I mean, come on. I mean, yeah, <laughs> technology <laughs> and abilities and makeups and things. So just let that one can slide. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What were you going to say, Robert? No, you know, I, I you guys made me feel good because my argument has always been. Um, kind of like what I just what I just said here yeah. uh, on, on this series and on the movies we get to see um, the, the the main staff 
of a spaceship. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't see lower decks, kind of like what Charles, uh, remember what yeah. I said, I knew where you're coming from. Um, so there is a string, the very, very strong possibility that they did meet when, because um, we know that the can was in the ship going. Mm-hmm. We don't, yeah. we can't see every single second when he was in the ship and who, yep. Every single person that he met, sure, and it is possible that Chekhov was in the ship. It's just yeah. not an officer uh, right. that, that yeah. we have to see until right. you know. Yeah. Too. So that has been always my my, my argument on on the topic. Sure. And it's yeah. kind of funny that you mentioned the 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 Klingons because that's another uh, thing that I find myself yeah, I discussing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all I about know. the money. <laughs> <laughs> that Kling that Klingon discussion is going to have to be a part two of the show because we can go out in another hour. Oh, yeah. Look of the Klingon. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, we've been talking Star Trek for an hour and a half. Any last thoughts before we call it quits? This has been a lot of fun. Any last thoughts on Star Trek? Star Trek. I've been enjoying, uh, by the way, my uh, Menage à Troy. Uh, Menage à Troy. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> Your menage a counselor, Troy. Well, there well, was an episode. <laughs> nice. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so, Star Trek, uh, any final thoughts? I'm excited to watch more of it. I'm actually enjoying it. I like the difference, and I never thought I would, but I, I enjoy the difference between Star Trek and Star Wars. Uh, I, I think mm-hmm. as I've gotten older that I appreciate something that makes me think versus something that just uh, is entertaining to just my eyes. Um, you know, and, and that's, I don't understand that reference, but well, I guess I'll get there. Um, <laughs> wow. That's so, yeah. that's so weird. It's so weird to me. It's so weird to me. It's like, what? You don't understand that? All right. I have, bro, I have, I have consciously avoided Star Trek for, (laughs) I'm 46 years old. I have consciously avoided Star Trek for 44 of them. I've done pretty good. Uh, But now I'm, 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 so yeah, I'm trying to, you know, enjoy it a little bit more, but I love the fact that I could, I watch an episode, even in, in, of, of TNG in the first season, like I just watched the episode of just called justice about, uh, uh, because I had a lot of questions about the prime directive and I was very confused about oh, how the prime directive I worked. I that conversation. And yeah, and what was going on and how, and Robert came on my show and, and helped me understand the the prime directive uh, a little bit better. And then I was told, hey, wait till you get to this episode of TNG episode, you know, I think it's eight or nine. Uh, and that'll help you a lot understand the prime directive. So for me, it's, it's, it's kind of cool to be able to have these discussions and watch these things that actually sit make me sit back and think not just go well that wasn't in the that wasn't in the book so i don't know if that was that <laughs> should be canon so um because that's you know there isn't that there isn't these types of conversations in star wars i love star wars it's it's yeah. my it's my bread and butter that's where i hang out you know, that's where i fly my nerd flag but i am mm-hmm. enjoying these types of conversations the things that make me think about star trek are what's different yeah. from star wars and i'm really enjoying that so that's what i'm looking yeah. forward to with more star trek that's, that's awesome. fantastic <laughs> we are uh we are looking forward to it as well and we're living vicariously, mm-hmm. voraciously through you 
Um, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's, and it's vicariously. Cool and vicariously. It's, it's one of those things like, you know, sometimes I say, I wish I can unsee a certain movie so I can see it again and experience it again. Yeah. And I think yeah. you're, you know, you're going through it, you know, your first, uh, your first travels through, uh, through the uh, world of Star Trek. I think that's, uh, I think that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, we got, a, we got one last comment um, regarding uh, Pitchfork. And uh, Andrew from the Science Fictionary, uh, Hi. That perhaps uh, someone did say you have to you have to forgive Tim. He's he's in the Alpha Quadrant still, so he's, you know, he's new. To... He's new. He's new. He's still in the Alpha Quadrant. So, but guys, thank you so much for joining me on the special Star thank Trek you. edition of the Scott yeah, Settlement awesome. Podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, a lot of us have, uh, co- we, we create content, we do podcasts, whatever YouTube, but, uh, I invite everyone to follow the panel here and make sure that you mm-hmm. follow the hashtag. This is sci-fi. Cause there's a lot of great stuff. Um, yeah. Robert, why don't you explain to the folks why you started the, this is sci-fi, uh, hashtag and, uh, let people know about your show. Well, it, it came out of, of a specific need. When I started the podcast, um, that's when I got really involved into Twitter. And I am a sci-fi fan uh, of every IP. So searching through Twitter, I found the communities. I found the Star Trek community. I found the Star Wars community. But there wasn't a community that really was geared towards me, the the, the total fan of everything sci-fi. And I knew I was not alone. So I said, you know what, let me go ahead and, and start this hashtag and, and try to reach out to everyone that I knew that I have encountered through uh, Twitter that, um, that loves sci-fi. You know, let's, let's unite. You know, there's something you love that, that, that is your total sci-fi flag that I might not know of, but because I am a sci-fi fan, I would love to know what that is. And, and lately... You know, a couple of years after the the use of the hashtag, I am seeing that that I wish I would had when I started. Whereas, like you finish with a with a show, and, and and you have that empty place in your heart of what else to watch, what other sci-fi yeah. things can I find? And I find um, a lot of comments from from uh, people that have followed where they're like, oh, I found this thing through the hashtag. Thank you so much. I never even knew about this. So, you know, I always make the call. If you are a sci-fi creator of any kind, or if you are a fan of sci-fi of any kind, post and follow so we can all learn from, you know, or or enjoy what you love. And I'm going to be posting what I love. And that's how we kind of grow as a community and help each other out. Yeah. Very well said. Thank you so much for nice. that, Robert. Very cool. And um, Danielle, where can people find you to say hello there? Um, you can find me on Twitter um, at um, uh, what was it? Sayudina Heresy. Um, yeah, and then my, and then I have a, a website. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, DPIllustrations.com. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Excellent, excellent. And uh, my friend over at the Funny Science Fiction Popcast, Tim, where can people find you? Hi. Uh, so you can find us a couple different ways. 
Uh, you can find us right here on YouTube, the FSF Popcast. You can find us on our website, www.fsfpopcast.com. And uh, yeah, uh, Twitter, actually at FSF Popcast, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all those different types of things. And uh, yeah, we're, we're a uh, interview-based show. So we, we interview the people who do the things in, uh, in sci-fi and pop culture. And uh, every Monday night we have a live show where we just kind of sit around and talk about random things like this with other podcasters and try to have some fun. And But yeah, Friday mornings are our, our interview. Awesome, awesome. And it's um, I'm very surprised that we connected because you have the word funny and the word sci-fi in your name. name. So <laughs> two things that I really don't can't, work. Well, I tried I tried to hide it, and that's why we just we went down to the abbreviation of the FSF because we thought, well, clearly Roe is never going to talk to us if, if we stay the funny science fiction podcast. We have to change the name. Uh, excellent, excellent. I accept that explanation. And my brother from the Red Five Network, Charles from Conversations. Where can folks find you, brother? Um, Pat does this. Pat, Pat this is does not my the, thing. Uh, social, social media. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Charles is like, I just show up. I mean, come on. <laughs> I, I just, I just um, <laughs> we're at uh, at Swations on uh, Twitter. We are at conversations.com for our website. You can find everything there. We're uh, at conversations on uh, Instagram and at Facebook. And we are at link.tree uh, for size conversations for our t shirts, our website, our you know, Black Series figure shenanigans, and everything Star Wars. And uh, yeah, that's where you can find us. And we are part of the Red Five Network, part of the, the one of the founding members of the Red Five Network. Absolutely. Thank you very much. We started with 10 podcasts. We are over 30, what, 37? Somewhere yep. in there. Thank you very much. But uh, yeah, find the rest of the content creators at bio.link slash red five. We have been talking Star Trek for the last 90 minutes plus, and we have had such a blast with everyone here. Thank you so much. If you guys have yeah. anything to add, uh, we'd love to hear your takes on what star trek is your favorite what star trek means to you anybody in the chat or anybody that's watching the replay please uh give us a call and uh leave us a voicemail at 773-234-8659 that is the scare of scuttlebutt hotline put that in your rolodex we know you still have one until next time this is ro and uh remember this is sci-fi live long and prosper everybody that's the scuttlebutt